0: Today we're reading Psalms 95, 97, 98, and 99. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In Psalm 95, we learn a lesson from the rebels, verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For forty years I was grieved with that generation, and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. Now we aren't told directly who wrote this psalm, but we do get the answer from the writer of the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7, this psalm is there attributed to King David. We see two parts in this psalm, an encouragement for God's people to worship and praise God in verses 1 through 7, followed by a solemn warning not to rebel against God as did their forefathers in verses 8 through 11. In this psalm, we're reminded of the rebellion of Israel against the good report of the two spies and the decree from God that followed back in Numbers chapter 14. Now, here's a stern warning. Don't rebel like they did, or God's wrath may be poured out upon you as it was upon them. The decision was made in the second year of their forty years of wandering in the wilderness that, because of their sin, they would not enter into Canaan. Only their children, who were under the age of twenty at that time of the rebellion, entered Canaan. Actually, it appears that the wilderness death decree only applied to men and that it exempted the women and also the Levites. I've written an article on this topic under the topic section of BibleTrack.org. It's also located on this page, and it's entitled The Canaan Spies in the Forty Years to give you all the details about that. Verses 7-11 through 11 are quoted in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7-11 through 11 there. They demonstrate the correlation between the rebellion of Numbers chapter 14 to those Jews who followed Judaism all the way up to, but not including, receiving Jesus as their Messiah. In Psalm 97, we see that God reigns. Verse 1. This one has no subtitle. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Let all be put to shame who serve carved images, who boast of idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous, and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Well, here's another upbeat song which points out that God doesn't reign just over Israel, but he reigns over the whole earth. The author and period here aren't indicated. Verse 10 has a command and a promise. It says, You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So, in other words, if you love God, then you must hate evil, as in, you must avoid it, shun it, warn against it, just don't tolerate it. Incidentally, Zion here is David's reference to Jerusalem. Then we have yet another new song, a praise song in Psalm 98. The subtitle to this one simply says, a psalm, verse 1, "'O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God.' "'Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. "'Break forth in song. "'Rejoice and sing praises. "'Sing to the Lord with the harp, "'with the harp and the sound of a psalm, "'with trumpets and the sound of a horn. "'Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. "'Let the sea roar and all its fullness, "'the world and those who dwell in it. "'Let the rivers clap their hands. "'Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, "'for He is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. "'He shall judge the world.'" and the peoples with equity. This psalm reflects on the reasons for God's universal praise. The author here isn't identified. Here we see a celebration for that which God has done in Israel's past. We see that in verses 1 through 3. Then we have some worship verses in verses 4 through 6, and the anticipated coming and judgment of God in verses 7 through 9. The judgment of God for everyone is certain. Notice particularly what verse 9 says. For He is coming to judge the earth, with righteousness He shall judge the world, and the peoples with equity. As we read here, even those who have no place for God right now will one day be judged by God. In Psalm 99, the theme there is God reigns, verse 1. There is no subtitle to this one. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king's strength also loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives. Though you took vengeance on their deeds, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Again, we aren't told the author of this psalm either. Verse 1 describes God as reigning in heaven on a throne between the cherubim after which the mercy seat was patterned in the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 25, verses 10 through 22. Now, the mention of the cherubim references the Ark of the Covenant. Its lid was a gold slab on which two cherubs with spread wings stood. The significance of the cherubim become clear in the traditions of Israel, as they spoke of God's dwelling between the cherubim in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and also in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 2. The mention of God's special leaders among the Jews, being Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, that's interesting in verses 6-8. through Notice that he also points out that God did not overlook their wrongdoings. Incidentally, again, Zion is David's reference to Jerusalem. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.